Welcome to Better Food Stories, a show that celebrates real food and the people and companies who make it. I'm Audrea Greenhoff, and in this interview series, I'm sitting down with the entrepreneurs behind some of today's newest and most innovative food brands out there to find out what it really takes to make it in this highly competitive space. Hey guys, welcome back to Better Food Stories. I am Audrey Greenhoff, and today is pretty special because I have two guests on the show. Today I'm chatting with Anthony and Emily Bartlett, the husband and wife team behind the company Real Plans. Now, if you're familiar with a lot of the popular food blogs out there like Nom Nom Paleo, Wellness Mama, Fed and Fit, then you probably have heard of Real Plans. They're a meal planning app that lets you easily customize menus based on your food preferences, food allergies, and even specific diets. So say if you're following a plan like Keto or Whole30, this app will help you customize a meal plan for you and your family and even put together an entire grocery list for you. If you love meal planning or even if you hate meal planning because of how overwhelming it can be, you are going to love everything about Real Plans and what they can help with. In my conversation with Emily and Anthony, you'll learn how Emily's journey as a food blogger inspired Real Plans, how Real Plans is using artificial intelligence to help connect people back to real food, how Emily and Anthony are leveraging partnerships with food influencers to widen their reach. And we also talk a lot about different types of diets from Whole30 to Keto and how so many more people are using real food to help improve their overall health. Emily and Anthony were also just really, really fun to talk to. So I think you're going to really like this episode. As always, you could check out all the interviews in the Better Food Stories series on Medium at Audrea Greenhoff or on my website, audriagreenhoff.com. Now on to my interview with Emily and Anthony Bartlett of Real Plans. And once again, just thank you for, for joining me in this conversation today. I'm excited to learn more about you and your brand. So why don't we jump into it and you can introduce yourselves. And this is exciting because I have two people on today. This is my first call with a duo. So um, you can introduce yourselves and just tell everybody what Real Plans is all about. Hi, I'm Anthony Bartlett, uh, co-founder of Real Plans. And I'm Emily Bartlett, his wife. <laughs> Yes, we're married, and uh, we, for our sins, started a company together, or rather, Emily started a, uh, a company first while I was busy uh, doing a day job. Why don't you tell her how it started? Sure. Uh, so, basically, I started a blog uh, when I was very early in my acupuncture practice, and I wanted to create an online presence and I knew I wanted to create a way to make money that wasn't necessarily uh, an hour work for an hour's pay. So I started a blog uh, called Holistic Squid and it's a health and food blog and one of um, the, our products was meal plans and it was just a PDF um, printable meal plan and uh, that's how the very, very beginnings of our um, meal planning app called Real Plans. Very cool. Yep. 
So what is what can if someone wants to to download the app today? What can people expect from the brand? What is it all about? What are you offering right now at this moment? So what we're offering is an uh, online meal planner. So you tell uh, Real Plans how often you actually cook in a week, okay. and then you say what you don't eat. So, you know, I'm gluten-free or I'm dairy-free or maybe I'm gluten-free, but I don't know, um, I, I don't eat tomatoes or something. Or you can choose a specialty diet like paleo or keto or autoimmune protocol or Whole30. And then it'll take all of those options, the when I want to cook and what I actually want to eat, and then uh, a little algorithm then figures out how to make a personalized meal plan for you. So you get four weeks of meal plans laid out on a weekly planner. And then those recipes um, have a timeline that'll say what, you know, when to do what. And also a shopping list that puts all of the ingredients together for the recipes for the week in a nice list that you can then take to the shops on your cell phone. Um, and you can also use your laptop if you're on the website. But this solution, this thing that came about was because Emily kept making meal plans on her phone. You know, like on an iPhone, you have those notes. For a family. Mm-hmm. For a family. And she was just kind of just making making a list of a shopping list for me and then she texted me the shopping list and I went to the shops and I always got it wrong like I, <laughs> I forgot to get the main thing like the salmon or something because it was at the bottom it skips sections right so and then I thought well wouldn't it be good to put it in a checklist and then I can do, but then how do you do that in notes and it was just real hassle and so in the end I didn't do that at all and Emily said okay I'm going to, I think this, this is a good idea. We need to solve this because, so she went ahead and she got, she put it down on paper and so that I could check it off. But the bridge to this is that we first started off with these printable PDF meal plans and I would do a traditional meal plan with gluten-free and dairy-free options. I would do a paleo meal plan with primal options and then every week subscribers would get a, a menu of what to eat the recipes, a timeline, and the recipe and the ingredient checklist. And it was great and people loved it, but we kept getting requests for more and more specialized meal plans. Like, mm-hmm. oh hey, I love these meal plans, but I don't eat shrimp. Or these are great, but I have eight people in my family or nine people in my family, and this is for four. And I really wanted to be able to serve all these people, but I also was pulling my hair out every week trying to figure out how to meet everybody's requests. And also it's really hard work to actually get the shopping list right for everyone. So, you know, you count out the number of apples that were needed in the various recipes. And invariably, you'd always forget the half apple that's needed in the one thing. And then you'd already sent out all the PDFs to everybody. And then someone would go, hang on a minute, you forgot about the apple. That's right, I forgot about that. Right, where you go, oh, you forgot to put mushrooms on the shopping list. And And now I'm at the store and I don't have it. And 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 then we just felt like we were failing at the time even though it was going well. And so I was—I got to the point where every week it was like time to make the donuts, you know, with time to make the meal plans. And mm-hmm. I would be 
in tears in bed in the morning going, oh, I have to make another meal plan this week. And Anthony looked at me and was like, well, you know, I could code this into the computer so that you could just customize a meal plan precisely how you need it for your family. And I had the good old uh, marriage rule your eye moment and was like, <laughs> right, as if. And so he took that on as a challenge and it took about a year for the first uh, first version of Real Plans uh, to roll out as a customized meal planning solution. And at the same time, I was reading the news the whole time about artificial intelligence and how, you know, computers were doing all these fantastic things and figuring right. out mm-hmm. what music you wanted to listen to next on Spotify or something. Right. And I thought, we must be able to do this for food. There must be a way of having a computer allowing you to say whatever you like to it, and it'll still come out with a convincing meal plan. And that was the bit that was challenging to code, because you can just slap down some recipes in a week, but there's an art to creating a meal plan. If you're going to kind of make a whole chicken on a Sunday, let's say, then it would be kind of cool to use some of that chicken uh, you know, later on in the week or, you know, whatever. And if you have tacos on Tuesday, you don't necessarily want to have burritos on Wednesday. Right. I mean, you might, but the average But, but just, you know, you get, <laughs> but you need to train a computer that these, both these dishes um, are Mexican dishes or both these, even just as simple as both these dishes, these are both chicken recipes. You probably don't want to have, unless it's on purpose, five chicken recipes, you know, one every night. And so we started feeding the computer knowledge about these recipes and what what they were, lots of metadata, and also how, um, you know, people's likes and dislikes and how things should go together. And so after a lot of going back and forth, um, we finally cracked the code where, Emily's brain really looks like it was managing each and every meal plan, even though we're doing, you know, tens of thousands of them all the time. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I am, you know, myself a a fan of meal planning and it's, I don't have any kids. It's my husband and I, but one of the things that I have found, like you mentioned, that's kind of a challenge is that, um, you know, while while we're interested in doing things like say a paleo, uh, you know, plan and looking up paleo recipes, um, there are some things that either myself or he doesn't eat. Like for instance, I'm not a huge fan of olives or pork. So sometimes, you know, we're looking for recipes and it'll call for things like that. And then also my husband's not a fan of eating the same thing every day. So that's interesting that you said that, um, you know, it kind of spaces them out so that you're not eating tacos followed by burritos or chicken every single night of the week. Um, Because that has been our challenge sometimes with with the meal planning. I'm interested in, in how you come up with the recipes and how you come up with what kind of... Um, dietary options are available on the app as of now. Have you been listening to, um, you know, your blog readers? How did you decide what was first available and how has that changed? 
Um, my roots with food go, well, first of all, I grew up in Pennsylvania eating junk food in the 80s. So let's just start with that <laughs> um, and had my own food journey. And then when I um, had, when we had our first child, I really um, discovered this world of traditional foods. There was, there's uh, the Weston Price Foundation, which I'm not even sure is still around, but it really opened my eyes to the idea of um, eating like your great grandmother would have cooked. And not trying to reinvent the wheel of what's healthy, but just eat good, nourishing, home-cooked food. Mm-hmm. So that was the foundation for for us and our family of like learning how to make chicken. Now bone broth is trendy, but how do you make chicken stock from scratch? Because every culture has a version of grandma's chicken soup that you use from everything from recovering from a cold or child childbirth to a broken heart, you know? Yeah. Um, And so it started with that. And then what I realized in that world of traditional food is that so many people turn to that way of eating um, to heal and to um, recover from things like food allergies, chronic illness. And so in within that, paleo um, becomes um, an option where you're eliminating certain things that might be causing inflammation and problems in your body. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of goes from there because then there's more um, extreme paleo like the autoimmune protocol. And then Whole30 is basically a version of paleo that has become super popular and it's about resetting your relationship to food. Um, keto, as you probably know, is having a very uh, big boom of popularity right now. Um, and that's, again, a version of this way of eating. And, you know, you can take it in all sorts of directions, but really it's about using food um, for health and using food to, to um, sort of improve your state of well-being. It also tastes good, too. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> a lot of the food that we started eating was just like having good fats. So we'd have butter and bacon with no shame whatsoever. Yeah. And it just, it was so good. It was just, it was just, you know, a good way. And we, the whole family was healthy and feeling good. And we were having colds less and less often and just had good energy. And so because Emily had come from the blogging world with her site, holisticsquid.com, she already had a lot of friends in the food space. And so what led to, as well as us having our stock recipes, we were at a foodie, you know, bloggy type party conference conference thing. <laughs> and um, I bump into Michelle Tam from nonnonpaleo.com. And Emily knows all the people and I don't. And so I didn't know who she was and just started talking about food. She started talking about food, and then we realized we were both trying to do the right, you know, the same thing, which is to get people to consistently cook good food for themselves and their households. And I told her what we were up to because we were a few months into the having real plans live. And she went, Oh, that sounds cool. Can I add some of my recipes into um, real plans? I'm like, Absolutely, that sounds great. We'll charge, I don't know, an extra dollar a month or something. She went, Great. And. What do you know? A few months later, she invites all of her community to join Real Plans. And then that's when we start getting the idea that we can keep this meal planner interesting because once your husband has run out of all the ideas with all the 1600 Real Plans recipes, he can then go, oh, I think I'll now add Nom Nom Paleo's recipes. 
And of course, we've already tagged them all, so we know that this one is chicken, and this one is Mexican, and this one is that. And so it'll schedule them correctly in the context of all the rest of the recipes. And it just, the, the company started growing from there because more and more bloggers with recipes wanted to um, work with us. And um, it was amazing. It also became a way for them to have their readers uh, be able to consistently use their recipes as opposed to finding it on Pinterest, drooling on the screen, and then not, never thinking about it again. They were actually on a weekly basis scheduling in a Wellness Mama recipe or scheduling in a... Um, Nurse Kitchen recipe. Exactly. So um, you'd always have the ability to really utilize these recipes as opposed to just fantasize about it. <laughs> Definitely. You mentioned when in our email exchange in our initial questions um, that a lot of the growth of Real Plans was attributed to kind of the success that you had as a blogger. Talk to me about how you initially grew your brand and how you're using, um, you know, kind of the help of your community to to get the word out about Real Plans. Sure. So. I started blogging, I mean, it feels like, you know, back when it was the wild, wild west, and it was all really about putting putting out information that I thought was going to be useful, and like, I was fascinated about. So I would write about whatever I was interested in as I discovered it and researched it and really got into it. Um, then I would start little by little going to these conferences and starting to like make friends and you know then we would start to brainstorm ideas you know now it's like the world of influencers and Instagram and back then it was like you said something on Facebook and all of your fans were like I will buy that thank you I appreciate it (laughs) and now it's like you can't even get heard on Facebook unless you're paying money but um you know back in Back then, um, we would just really support each other. And so I think I built a lot of really great relationships with friends that, you know, we still go on vacation with twice a year now. And it's amazing to see each other grow and expand. But um, it's definitely, there was something awesome about getting into blogging when not really anyone was doing blogging. So that was a little bit of it. And it's also like constantly pivoting, right? So let's say you start a blog now, there's different ways to reach people and being authentic is particularly important. So you're all, there's, you know, anytime with business, you have to be aware of like, what is, how can you be real? How can you help people and be authentic to who you are too, you know? Definitely. And in that vein, you know, you see how many brands are successful now, the ones that are being really real online and the ones that are being authentic. Tell me about your, kind of mission and and if you had to pick one thing what is it that you want your your customers to you know resonate with most when they see your brand and how are you taking that across your website and social media how is that brand story kind of being threaded throughout everything you do sure this is a fun question for us because Anthony and I both have a different I mean, we share the same passion about why we do this, but it's uh, slightly different. Um, for for me, actually, you tell yours first. <laughs> so my my thinking is that when you have good food 
you tend to just be a happier person. When I was younger, I didn't know I was um, eating all the sugar and all the carbs and then wondering why I was feeling so tired in the middle of the day and had to keep propping myself up to just get through the day. And it, it wasn't, it didn't feel good. But once I started eating well and I had, you know, this aforementioned good fats and everything else going on, then my energy leveled out a lot more. And as a result, just felt better. And I was smiling at the world. And of course, the world smiles back at you. And, and so what I really want for people is to consistently eat good food. And that means that the family unit or the household comes together and eats and feels good. And that then just um, reaches out and makes for a better community and a, a, a better society because everyone's just feeling better because they're eating good food. And so I have this kind of altruistic mission to um, improve everyone's mood just through food. Yeah, and while I don't disagree with that, I um, I come from, my brain is a little bit more linear and I'm obsessed with things being organized. And um, I just feel like there's so many like pretty kick-ass busy moms out there, busy people, like getting stuff done, sort of being awesome at life. And sometimes you just need more help getting organized and you can't necessarily hire a personal assistant to follow you around. So what Real Plans does is really uh, get you organized so you can be more awesome at the life that you're already living. And that's something we realized about our brand. Our subscribers are generally not helpless and like, I don't know what to do in the kitchen. They're like, I'm good. I just have so much going on and I need help to make, make it all happen. And so we step in to help them get organized, um, get inspired about eating healthy food. And I think both of our missions come together pretty nicely in that, in that way so that we can help people to really kill it at life. So that's yeah, and to, to your question, then, we're focused on people. The actual act of cooking itself is actually pretty cool. Mm -hmm. the, smell of, the smell of the food, the creativity that goes into it, you know, actually cooking itself and then giving that nourishment and that love to the people around you um, is a great thing to do. But everything before and after kind of sucks. You know, having to figure out what the shopping is going to be, who's going to eat what, what and, um, clearing it all up and everything else. And so, you know, we, we try and mitigate as much of the hassle as possible out of the process of, um, of, of doing this, of cooking at home consistently. And it's, it's paid off because right, but it's also, um, you know, there's a, a lot of popularity right now around the, uh, what are they called? Meal kits, you know, where everything shows up at your house, already prepped, already ready to like throw in the pan. And while we totally appreciate that for those people that want that, there's something to connecting to the, the art of chopping your food and making the food and planning out what you're going to eat in a way that you're, you're more connected to the experience. And then, you know, telling your family like, Hey, this is what, this is what I'm serving you today. Mm -hmm. Um, that we really, connect with on a, on a different level from meal planning kits. It's a little bit more like grass rooted into the family. 
And uh, that, that sets us apart too from the meal kits, I think. Right, that makes sense because um, with, with your option, people are actually getting a list going and, and picking out their own produce and, and meats and things like that and kind of, you know, doing everything as part of a whole journey because, you know, you go pick up the food, then you come and, and you cook it and then you serve it to your family. That's really cool. I want to know about the, you told a, a fun story when we were chatting via email about sort of the moment you felt like this brand was going to go somewhere. Where? Um, tell me about that experience and when you kind of had that moment that you were confident people were resonating with this. Oh yeah, totally. We were in a, a sushi restaurant and uh, we were with the fam yeah, to the two kids and we, I, I had, uh, hang on, don't spoil my punch. Sorry. <laughs> Comedy is all about timing. All right, so you can, you can edit that bit out. Okay, so, um, so I'm sitting there with the family and the, kid, the kids are doing their thing. They're all tucking into their sushi and I configured my phone to ding every time that we had an order come in. And we were getting kind of one or two orders a day you know, when we first started. And it was really exciting when an order came in. And we, we, were, we were just finished, you know, the entrees and stuff. And one of the kids wanted mochi balls, you know, wanted some dessert. Mm-hmm. And we were, you know, watching the pennies and all that kind of stuff and on a pretty uh, good budget about how, how we were and how, how much money we spent and all that kind of stuff. And um, just as Emily and I were looking at each other going, shall we get another dessert, get, get a dessert, the phone dings and an order comes in. And it was like, it was for an annual, right? So it was like, you know, $72 for the, for the year. And we thought, okay, we can afford to get some dessert. Hooray. <laughs> and so there was a, it was like a really nice moment where we were linked to creating something literally from nothing and be able to buy the kids some dessert based on this thing that we created. And then when, um, a few weeks later, the order started really rolling in and people started hearing about us and, you know, everyone who was in Real Plan started telling all their friends. Um, it's a very grassroots type community we have because everyone really wants all their friends to know about it. Um, my phone just dinged so many times through the day that I had to turn the dinger off. And That's that was exciting. when we knew that we were on something. That is exciting. Do you still have the dinger off? I oh, oh, yeah. oh yes. <laughs> it would it would just be a ridiculous dinger all day if um, if it was on the whole time. Is it still exciting though to to see the orders come in? Do you think it's less exciting, or is there still kind of like that fun, excited feeling when you see maybe a day that a lot of orders come in? It's totally exciting, especially when you see because I have it so that you can see the name of the person and where they're from. You know, the first few months when we started the company, we were so excited that people were joining that we we were just scared stiff that people were going to start cancelling. We were going, oh gosh, I hope everyone stays with us, you know, and that we're doing a good job. We're working so hard to make sure that everything's working right and keep adding new stuff and keep everyone excited. And then we just basically just kept our head in the sand 
and thought, oh no, do we speak to people or do we not? Maybe they'll catch, and then we thought, no. We read this book and it said, you should totally connect with your customers. So one day I turned around to Emily and said, I'm going to welcome every single customer we have from now on. I'm going to, and she said, what do you mean? I said, I'm going to call them. <laughs> He's and, the extrovert of us. Yeah. And so, and so she said, well, uh, okay. And so I spent the next few weeks going through a spreadsheet and checking off everyone who had ever bought real plans and all the, and finally caught up to all the new people. And I welcomed every single one. But when I said, no, I just wanted to welcome you and thank you. My wife and I, you know, created this meal planner and you bought, you bought it. And we just want to thank you and hope that it's going well. <laughs> and people say, you, you're just calling me? And I go, uh-huh. Why? Because I, I read a book that said I should. <laughs> and it led to really cool conversations about, oh, I love it, but... If only I could copy uh, one of my favorite weeks to another week. And I go, oh, okay. And I started writing down all the things that people were wishing that they could have. And then we started, kept building it. And so, and we haven't stopped since. And so now we have, you know, over 20 customer service people that man the chat thing round the clock 24-7. People who actually know what they're doing. And then we still do a welcome call for every single person who joins. And we invest heavily in making people feel a welcomed, but b you know we're, we're humanizing actually uh, a, an experience which is not very human. Going on a website and being told that this is probably what you should eat and give to your loved ones. In a world of pay Siri, <laughs> yeah, right. and robots and things like that. And I think that there's this this definitely a counter movement of people who just want to speak to a person. Like imagine if you called up. AT&T or Verizon, right? And after the first ring, someone said, hello, how can I help? Yeah. Can you, can you imagine that? That would be I mean, wild. You, that would be so wild that you didn't have to, like, bang the zero button hoping that they haven't set the, you know, the thing to, I'm sorry, that's not a, a, oh. a valid response. Say yes. one, two, or three. So where's something that we really discovered with our service was that we we wanted to be there for people as much as possible. Food is about connection, and so we wanted to make sure what we were providing uh, yeah. mirrored that. And and that's what got Nom Nom Paleo so excited. And then she spoke to a friend called Melissa Hartwig. You know the do you know the Whole Thirty brand? Yes, I do. Yes. So um, then, luckily, uh, I talked to Melissa, and Melissa said, "Ooh, it sounds good." And then. We adjusted real plans a little bit so that it could do whole 30s and reintroductions. And then things just kind of blasted off. And it, it got to the point, and we're so excited because only yesterday we just found out um, there's a, you know, the, the Inc. 5000, and they track the fastest growing private companies in the US. And in 2018, with a 91st, fastest growing company that is fantastic we're, we're like pinching ourselves that we set out to solve a problem and so many people have benefited from it that you know someone like Inc. 5000 should go oh you know 
check this out, this is happening. We're not that bothered about the prize and all of that kind of stuff. What's interesting is that it's just a measure of how much this problem needed to be solved. That is really exciting and congratulations. That's a big deal. Thank you. Well, now that you guys are kind of seasoned pros uh, with this business and, you know, with this recognition and now that you've kind of gone through this journey, what would you say, sort of a two-part question, what is the most exciting thing about being in today's food industry and what do you think has been the most challenging thing about running this business? I think the most exciting thing is seeing the number of other companies who are taking on the big food production companies and saying, okay, there's alternatives out there, so much so that the organic section of supermarkets are expanding. The number of farmers markets are out there. You know, um, if you say Michael Pollan to someone, they may just know who you're talking about. There's, there's enough people who have resisted, you know, having chlorine splashed onto their meat and coming cows coming from CAFOs and all that nasty antibiotics. There's, there's enough of a movement going on in the time that we've been part of this industry that we've really seen a big sea change in how people, we're no longer kind of rebellious um, we're not on the fringe foodies on the fringe. We're, we're kind of in the center of things, and that's super exciting. So I, I would say that, that from a food industry standpoint, it's that. I think the challenge with the business is the fact that every time you level up, mm. it's, it's kind of it's just like parenting, right? Baby comes out and you're like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> and you're, you're stoked because you change the diet. And then they start teething. I go, oh, God, what do we do now? And then the teeth happen. And then they start talking. And then they start having opinions. You know, and we, we've, got a, we've got an 11-year-old and an 8-year-old now. An 11-year-old wants to dye his hair the whole time. And the 8-year-old is, like, you know, constantly on play dates. And cutting. Constant problems that you try to solve. And by the time that your children leave the house, you are qualified, competent parents and ready to do the job properly. At which point, you're done. They're gone, yeah. <laughs> I use the analogy of a video game. I feel like uh, running a business, being an entrepreneur, is a bit like you start a video game and you figure out where the coins are, you rescue the princess, you slay the dragon, and then, yay, you get to go to the next level. But on the next level, there's not even coins anymore, it's something else. The monster is different, the princess is hiding somewhere else, and you don't even know what the game is at all. And so it's been really fun every time we feel like, oh, we've, we've up-leveled, we, we've achieved a certain level of success with business, it's a whole new game. And we've, it's been a great adventure this far, and we are certainly not resting on our laurels. We have a long way to go. Before we wrap up, I have a few kind of fun rapid fire style questions for you guys are you up for it sure okay so let's start with number one what is your favorite day of the week and why uh my favorite day of the week is monday because everybody's so moany on mondays and i don't really see why monday's any different than any other day but i'm excited because <laughs> everyone's finally back to work and, and we can get on with business as usual. But to me, Mondays are an exciting day. <coughs> um, Thursday, because I was in corporate America for so long, and Thursday always has the smell of the weekend. 
Okay, number two. What is the last TV show or movie that you watched? Succession. What a miserable bunch of people. Um, which <laughs> made me feel a lot better about myself because everyone was so loathsome. Uh, I thought, oh, okay, well, I'm not as bad as any of these people. <laughs> I, uh, I have to admit, my kids have been at camp a lot this summer, so I've been re-binge-watching Friday Night Lights, which is about football in Texas. And if you haven't seen it, it is the best show ever. And I'm, I'm just about wrapping up the fourth and final season, and I probably have done that in two weeks. So Emily has I'm proud a, of myself. <laughs> Emily also has a crush on Timmy Riggins. It's true. Oh, okay. I ha you're not the first person who has recommended that show. I haven't seen it, but I'm going to have to put it on my list because yeah. It's, yeah. there's been a few people who have said it's, it's kind of underrated. It's definitely worth watching. Definitely. Number three, if you could only eat three foods for the rest of your life, what would they be? Okay, I just want to just point out that this is a literally impossible question to ask a meal planner <laughs> and <laughs> me not overthink this, but I'm going to go out on a limb and go uh, sushi, tacos, and broccolini. Yeah, I was kind of thinking I was on an island. You have to have vegetables, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm on an island, so I was thinking oysters, uh, coconuts, and bananas. <laughs> Good choices. I'm a fan of bananas. I could eat them all day. Lots of potassium. And finally, the last question, what is one thing most people would never guess about you? Oh. Um, <laughs> also, mine. Oh, you go first. Mine is, I am deathly afraid of heights. Even just thinking about it, my palms are sweaty right now. So there you go. Oh, okay. I've got one. Um, I'm really good at mine. <laughs> really? Yeah. You know, like those people with white gloves? Yes. Up, yes. And they pull the rope or they, they there's a pretend window. Mm -hmm. Marcel Marceau, I think is his name. Yeah, I can do that. Do you pull that a lot at cocktail parties or events? Or you kind of keep that keep that hidden talent. No, that, that's why no one knows anything about it. Uh, when, I was, when I was a kid, I was totally into it. I did like shows in England. You have these things called ice dead forts, and you um, you kind of do a show, a talent, it's kind of like a talent show. And I always did mine. Did you learn on your own, or, or is this a thing that did you learn formally? Uh, I just knew how to do it. It was one of those things. He was also really into theater, so it's probably part of that. Yeah, which helped, which helped all my welcome calls for real plans. There you go. Well, you guys, this has been great. Thank you so much again for, for chatting with me. Before I let you go, where can people find out more about you and real plans? Well, one, two, three, realplans.com. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this interview. If you want to check out more interviews in the Better Food Stories series, you can follow me at Audrea Greenhoff on Medium or visit AudreaGreenhoff.com. I'm also Audrea Greenhoff on Twitter and Instagram.